Welcome to Making Metric Easy, presented by Outlaw Technology. I'm Hans Dietrich. And I'm Brie Oaxaca. And each week, we speak with companies in the trenches of the seed to sale process. Today on our show, we are super excited to have a team from Basque Incorporated, a vertically integrated cannabis company on the south coast of Massachusetts. We've got Chappie or Chapman Dickerson. He goes by Chappie. He's the CEO and founder, also known as the Grand Poobah of Basque, Morgan O'Neill, the cultivation manager for Basque. And a little bit later on, Nicole Looker, the procurement manager for Basque, is going to be joining us. So hi, everybody. We're really grateful that you're on our show with us. Hello, Hans. Hi, Bree. Yes, appreciate it. I'd like to start with a few questions about Basque so people get an idea of who you are. This uh, show goes out nationwide, so a lot of people may not know anything about the Massachusetts cannabis industry or who the big players are. You guys have been around for a while. And Chappie, how did you get into the industry in the first place? Tell us a little bit about Basque's origin story. When did you start it? Why did you start it? That kind of thing. I'm sure everybody's interested in hearing that. Sure. Uh, we're like the uh, the old veterans of the uh, the business right now. We've been in it for uh, a long time. And actually, so uh, we operated in Rhode Island for about six and a half years before we actually went for a license in Massachusetts. So Rhode Island was under the caregiver model. We knew uh, the ballot initiative uh, 2013 for medical. Right? So we uh, locked up some lawyers. Uh, the only lawyers that would actually take us, everybody caught, you know, told us, let us know when you get arrested. I'm like, <laughs> I knew it was pass. <laughs> I knew it was passing. But uh, Michael Cutler, Dick Evans uh, were the only lawyers that would take us at the time, um, and we locked down those lawyers September 3rd, 2012. Locked in our area. It went for a license. You know, I've always been interested in it. Uh, my father did 10 years in prison. My uncle did a bunch of jail time. I have cousins, so kind of like a family business. So I always knew I wanted to do something in it. And then uh, when I was in the service, I got to go to Amsterdam. I was stationed in Germany. Uh, so I got to, got to go to Amsterdam 42 times when I was there and see what cannabis being sold over the counter looks like. Oh, man, Chappie. What, what years were you in the service? Because I was stationed in Germany, too, and I got tested all the time. So when I went so, to Amsterdam, I couldn't try anything. <laughs> uh, listen, I had, you know, I've always been a bit of a charmer. Uh, I had it pretty good. Uh, until uh, one of my uh, NCOs left, and then I ended up failing a urinalysis on, on my way out. But I was in from uh, 1997 to 2001, and I was in Germany from 99 to 2001. Either testing got a little bit more lax, or uh, you just were had a really great relationship with your NCOs. I had a really great relationship, um, and I got to tell you, like I said, I got in a little trouble for failing urinal- urinalysis on my way out, but. And I had a great time. It was it was the freest I've ever been in my life. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, I look back on that time very fondly. So how is business going for you guys now in Massachusetts? I know you're going to be opening a second dispensary soon. Tell us a little bit about what you already have going. So business is going pretty well. You know, in, even in the, the market atmosphere for Massachusetts, uh, we're still doing well. Um, my storefront in uh, Fairhaven, we have a medical and rec store there uh, for sales. I can't complain. For a small town, we're still very busy. Even with the pressure, we have a couple of other dispensaries that open. We have one opening in Fairhaven uh, probably in the next month, and then there's another competitor opened in New Bedford right now. Uh, but we haven't really lost uh, any patients or consumers. We're still holding strong there. 
then we have a processing and cultivation site in Freetown, also known as, it's actually a Sonet, but a Sonet is a, a town in Freetown. And then we are building out right now, we should be complete in October uh, in Taunton, Massachusetts. Uh, so hopefully we'll be uh, opening in November there. So Chappie, when did you open your initial cultivation site? We originally started in Fairhaven, 2017. It's been a while. So uh, we were there for a few years and then we moved to a larger location because we were doing everything under one roof in Fairhaven, retail and cultivation. We knew it wasn't going to be big enough. It wasn't going to keep us in the game for long. And we identified a, a parcel in Freetown uh, through with American. And we moved into a greenhouse. We went from indoors to a 30,000 square foot greenhouse in Freetown. And then Morgan, when did you join the company? So I joined Basque in February, 2019. February, 2019. So you were there working and cultivating and inventorying and harvesting for a while before you actually came across us. How was that process before you started using any automation tools, just keeping track of everything for metric? Pretty painful, if I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, when we first integrated to metric, that was its own journey of, you know, figuring it out. At one point, we did use GeoShepherd, which was amazing for post-cultivation. Everything harvest-wise was a game changer. Before that, we were, you know, manually writing down plant numbers and plant weights every harvest. And when we harvest, you know, 300 plus plants a day, that was quite tedious. And then we would manually enter the weights into metric. So once we came across Outlaw, it's definitely been a game changer. How did you come across Outlaw? Uh, actually, about two years ago, we had the wonderful cannabis uh, control committee come in for an inspection. And every time they ever came in, I would always ask them what type of RFID readers they were using. Uh, for a while, they refused to hand over that information. But luckily, two years ago, they told me that they weren't using it yet, but they had heard about Outlaw. I'm assuming I went online, found a contact, got in contact with you, Hans. And here we are two years later. I think we have two or three handhelds and we use your OG harvest system as well. I, I remember very clearly when you first contacted me and... <laughs> You were so excited to get these <laughs> these RFID handhelds and the OG Harvest system. And you've been great to work with for the last two years. And that progressed. So so before before we move on to how it progressed down even into the dispensary with our tools, when you started using Outlaw for your harvest and for your inventory counts, how much time did that end up saving you? Did it did it just change the way you were able to do business? Time, mental sanity, everything. With our previous handheld we used was just an alien RFID reader. So we would just scan a room not knowing what tags it did or did not read. And then we'd have to upload our metric inventory with our RFID scan. Use conditional formatting. It would show us all the tags that were not read, I would have to write them down and then physically go back in the grow and find each tag, get my eyes on each tag just to confirm that it was still in there. So 
when you gave me the rundown on outlaw, it really seemed too good to be true. That's probably why I was so excited because uh, it made auditing. I'd say it cut my time in half, if not less. And having the live time reads when you're in the room and it shows you right away what tags are not picked up. It is truly saved me a lot of uh, steps and time. <laughs> well, that's, that's great to hear. Thank you. What has your overall experience been with metric? Uh, have you worked in any other states or only in Massachusetts and cannabis? Have you tried any other systems? How to use any other state systems besides metric or just what you've been using at Basque? So only metric in Massachusetts. I initially, I guess got started in the industry. I moved to California in 2013. And by 2016, I had gotten linked up with a couple outdoor farms in Calveras and Hayport County. We were not using metric, let me just say that. So <laughs> once I heard about, uh, luckily for me, Fairhaven, where Basque is, is my hometown. So while I was on the West Coast, my parents would be sending me newspaper clippings, kind of in disbelief that it was popping up in our hometown too, after, you know, wrath they give me for doing what I did on the West Coast. And that's pretty much why I moved home in 2019. I met Chap, I dropped off a resume, he called me about an hour later, and here I am going on year five. <laughs> the rest is history. That's right, yeah, so. Yeah, we've, we've, had a great relationship with everybody at Basque and Morgan, you introduced us right away. Once you started using the handheld, you introduced us to Nicole Looker, procurement manager, uh, formerly in charge of retail inventory before she just took over procurement as you guys have grown. And Nicole, you worked very closely. I know with Bree in getting the retail side set up. Um, Bree, what, what do you recall about that when, everything that uh, they went through. I know that she worked closely, giving you lots of feedback on how we could make it work for retail. Yeah, when we launched our Maverick dispensary solution, Nicole, you guys were currently using our tool uh, with the metric package tags down in the dispensary. And we reached out to you about sort of beta testing our retail solution and helping with your inventory audits. And if I recall correctly, you guys were doing pretty cumbersome audits manually with multiple people. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, we were, the audits probably took like three hours. A lot of like kind of what Morgan said, trying to find these tags that weren't getting picked up or pulling reports from metric and just trying to format it correctly to figure out if we have all the tags and if we don't, it's been great. It was a great change. That's awesome. And now you guys are even using the tool to count your finished goods um, comparing against Dutchy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know the audits that you used to do before you had the Maverick. I don't remember all the details because Bree was much more involved with that. But you had inventory accounts. I'm going to let you talk about it because I wasn't there. I remember you gave <laughs> us a lot of good feedback, Nicole. You were saying, yeah, we had two people doing it this day, that day, and now we're doing it this. Do you, do you remember all that? Can you, can you recall that for us? Because we use your information basically to make changes and upgrades and add new features to Maverick. Well, before we were using it, it took three to four people about, we would come in three hours before we would open. So that would give us barely enough time to try and get counts. And then uh, we would basically spend the rest of the day comparing to metric to figure out if everything was actually correct. And then with the Maverick, it just, it made things so much easier. It was 
basically just pulling everything in and we could just do the scan and it would compare it right there for you in a spreadsheet. But I mean, there wasn't too much that you guys didn't get the first time around. I know that there was a couple of things here and there, but even from just the jump, it saved us so much time and people that we only take, I think like maybe an hour now with two people. That's awesome. You know, and that's one piece of feedback we've gotten from a lot of customers is, you know, they use the tools upstream with the metric plant and package tags. They get the great time savings on those automatic RFID audits, you know, using the tools with that instant comparison to your metric quantities. Uh, And of course, you know, we wanted to bring that down to the folks in the dispensary. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that it's been working well for you guys and that the team seems to be liking it. Uh, How's been the ease of use of it? Do the, you know, as you guys bring on new team members into the dispensary, you know, do people seem to pick up on it fast? Do they like it? What's been your experience? Yeah, fairly quickly. Um, we've had the same couple of people doing it since the start. And then we've brought in probably two or three more people and trained them on it. And usually within, you know, the first first or second audit, they're, they know what to do. They don't really need any help trying to figure it out anymore. Uh, so it's very user-friendly and just great all around. You, you don't need note. a good you don't need a degree to use it. <laughs> uh, no. Anybody can use it. On that note, I want to ask Morgan the same thing. How how easy is it for you people to use the handheld and the OG harvest in cultivation and processing? I agree with both Chapman and Nicole. I could hand it to someone right now with a quick SOP and they could go have fun back there and audit in no time. Very okay. user-friendly. Well, that's that was our goal. We wanted to make it so with the OG Harvest, anybody who's ever done self-checkout at the grocery store or Walmart would be able to use this tool immediately. And with the handheld, same thing. We we always say we, we've we made our tools as stoner-proof as possible because of the industry <laughs> we're in. I, I want to shout out one of my favorite features is definitely your seek and find too. Thank you. How do you use that? Do you, what, what's, what, what's your biggest thing that you use that for? So when we kill off plants, we collect the RFID tags in a bucket. And then once we do like the big end of the month audit, I'll throw them out when everything checks out. So obviously human error, once in a while, a tag is not properly killed off, but it ends up in that bucket. And by the end of the month, we'll have, you know, three quarters of a bucket filled. And I used to have to go through looking for tag after tag, just trying to find the right number. (laughs) And now... With the seek and find, you can. It's great that you can change your, I guess, search footage down to about two feet. And if I lay out all the tags on the counter, you can kind of just wave it above it and na- at least narrow it down to the pile it should be in. And yeah, that has been wonderful. So if the if the state were to suddenly change their entire system from using RFID tags, how would that change your day to day and your workload? If, say, everything was just barcode tags and you didn't have the ability to use RFID? So I actually, when I started at BASC, I started February 2019 and we integrated metric May, June 2019. So I actually did do a couple audits with BioTrack in just barcodes and it was painful and it never seemed like it was 100%. There was so much room for human error. But it was always 100%, just to put out that Always 100%, out there. of course. <laughs> but you didn't have the peace of mind. Like with these scanners, you scan and it's right in front of you, like zero tags out. You know, it's it's 
it gives you the peace of mind, especially with us. We, we grow a lot of plants just in flower alone. We have about 10,000. So you could imagine how much of a difference that makes. So you, you are a metric fan. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but yes. I was a big fighter against metric for a while, but personally speaking for cultivation, it's, you know, pretty simple. What you do is what you enter. It's, you know, I can't speak on inventory. They have a lot more product than we do, but yeah, metric is fine. And outlaw honestly has made auditing kind of fun. When someone gets to scan, they look forward to it. And I never thought that would happen. So, <laughs> Well, and you know, metric helps standardize the playing field, you know, Massachusetts, your industry there has been growing for quite a few years and, you know, the market's getting a little tighter and it helps to know everyone's, you know, playing by the same rules as far as, you know, the regulations go. Definitely. Yeah. yeah we talked everybody earlier, Chappie, we talked earlier about shrinking margins and how you stay competitive in an industry like this, and particularly in Canada, in, in Massachusetts. And you're opening a new dispensary in Fairhaven. And I understand you even, there's even a billboard with your face on it. So how are you staying efficient? How are you staying competitive when margins are shrinking? Massachusetts is holding its own, actually, you know, when you compare it to other states. But how are you staying competitive in this uh, industry? You know, I got to say, uh, one thing we're not doing is, is handwriting any, anything anymore. That's uh, <laughs> been a big, <laughs> a big change. I was just sitting here when we were talking about it, and I'm like, man, I can't remember. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember that. We used to do everything by hand. You know, uh, write down every code, every barcode, all by hand. Uh, and, you know, it takes a show like this to actually realize how far you've come. You know? uh, uh, but, you know, the, the idea is uh, less hands, the more efficient it is. So, you know, on the cultivation set, you, you have to have a potting machine. Uh, you have to be able to move plants on carts, stuff like that. I think eventually be on conveyor belts. Just on the retail side, everything has to be right there. You, the less movement you have, uh, the more efficient you are. So you want to set everything up so you don't have that much movement. You know, one thing we're working on is uh, for retail not to have to break down every day and then, you know, put everything back in the vault. Just, you know, make it one big vault, uh, pick right from the vault so you don't have to break anything down. So, uh, you know, being efficient is going to keep uh, keep us in business. Uh, we want to use the right amount of people. We don't want to overstaff. Uh, we want to have the right so, Chappie, as you guys expand your retail presence, you know, you mentioned expanding into, you know, kind of a store size vault and uh, adding that second facility there in the state. Have you guys looked at additional efficiencies, you know, perhaps taking that RFID technology that's in the metric tags and perhaps implementing that in on an item level like we've been seeing a lot of other big retailers do like Target and Walmart? You know, I think it's going to uh, eventually have to happen um, and we can plan on it now with our building design uh, keeping everything pretty close, keep the vault uh, pretty decent size. Uh, but I do think eventually, uh, just like any other store, big box store, you're going to have to tag each, indivi in each individual uh, package, and that will be tracked from uh, the counter till you leave the store. With that being said, you know each state has different regulations. We have customers in Michigan retail stores, and they are tagging for with our Maverick system their individual items at the item level and they're able to do an audit in like 30 40 seconds of their entire of all their flower product and nicole we've 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 talked about that with you i know we're going to eventually 
start trying in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a, is a slightly different animal because you have to take everything into the vault every night. But what are your what are your thoughts on tagging at the item level since you've been on the retail side for so long? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea. We already tag every item that comes into our facility um, just to make it easier for us to track everything on a unit level. Um, so, I mean, we're already doing it, so we wouldn't have to change much except getting the new tags with the RFID in them. And I think it would be amazing to have an audit done in less than a minute. Then you'd even be able to do seek and find like Morgan likes to play with at uh, the cultivation <laughs> side, which would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really great because I can't tell you how many times, you know, when you have 30 pre-rolls on the menu and somebody wants one and they're like, oh, actually, never mind. I want this one. And they just, you know, throw it back in, not realizing they put it in the bin next to it. So then the next morning when we're trying to find this one pre-roll, thinking, oh, no, it's missing. It's actually just in the bin next to it. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I know your pain. <laughs> I know Brie was interested in hearing more about your products and strains that you have, especially some of perhaps your unique ones that you've got in Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm very interested always to hear what everyone's favorite strain is. Well, I think uh, a crowd favorite of mine and pretty much the whole state is uh, Donnie Burger, Donnie Burger Flower, Donnie Burger Pre-Rolls. It's a cultivar that we've been growing for a few years now, actually maybe more like two years. And, you know, super potent, really great effects. And it's in and Chappie, you mentioned that you have Donnie Burger in about 100 different stores. How about how many dispensaries can people find your products in throughout the state? Obviously, in your own dispensary, but where, how many, where can they find it? Pretty much everywhere or certain areas of the state more prevalent than others? You know, we've actually, uh, we cover pretty much the whole state uh, with our partners. We have uh, 1906, we have Howells, um, we have Harpoon Extractions as well, all, all manufactured at Basque uh, in Freetown. Uh, we're in over 200 stores, so there's very few places you can go that you're not going to see a, a Bass product on the shelves. And another question regarding that, how can people contact you directly, like your social media sites? What, what's the best way for, for people to stay abreast of what Basque is up to? The uh, best thing you can do is go to our actual website, which is cometobasque.com. Uh, that's the easiest way. It has all our platforms on there. You can just click it and you'll be good to go. So, Nicole, we always hear a lot of industry feedback about the POS systems that are available out there. What system are you guys using and what's been your experience with it? So we are using Dutchy, uh, which was formerly LeafLogics. Um, and, you know, I've worked with it since we started and I I really enjoy it. And I do love that they are always willing to take feedback um, where we've had some things that have come up where we, you know, somebody was looking for a certain report or didn't know how to do any, do anything with the program or didn't know a specific thing. And they could just easily reach out and the team would work with us and train people. And then if, you know, you had a suggestion, their engineers would help work on it and, you know, maybe come up with a better solution or even build something out specifically for what you were looking for. Um, so I really enjoy it. I know that a lot of the point of sale people also enjoy it as well. Um, it's a great program. Well, we're starting to come to the end of our time here. So we have a last question that we ask each one of our guests. Bree, do you want to do the honors? 
I sure would. Our question for each of you, and we'll start with Chappie. Uh, who is your favorite outlaw? Easy one for me. Uh, my favorite outlaw is my old man, my dad. You know, I get to hear the stories from when I was about seven till currently. I still get quite a few of them just about every time we talk, almost every day. Uh, my dad was uh, a smuggler in, in the 80s and spent 10 years in prison. We joke around. He's call him a two-time loser. But uh, that's that's my favorite outlaw. That's a great one. Definitely. And- what, what about you, Morgan? So my favorite outlaw is definitely Mary Jane Rathbun. Uh, she's popularly known as Brownie Mary. She was an American medical cannabis rights activist from I think about the 70s to the 90s. Uh, and she was known for her time at uh, San Francisco General Hospital. She became um, became known for baking and distributing, distributing cannabis brownies to AIDS patients. And she lobbied for the legalization of cannabis for medical use. And uh, she also was a big part of the Fran- San Francisco Cannabis Buyers Club, which was the first medical dispensary in the United States. Uh, and I think we all know the cannabis slang word, Mary Jane. So she passed away in 1999. And I think it's safe to say that that name and her legend will, you know, continue for with uh, the cannabis culture for generations to come. Another great outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And lastly, Nicole. Would it be cliche to say Doc Holliday? <laughs> Doc Holiday is perfectly fine. <laughs> no, I actually would I like to play into a fictional character, uh, Miss Catherine Barlow from Holes. She's definitely my favorite outlaw, and I hope somebody gets that, whoever's listening out there. Such a badass. I, I got you. Yep. That's <laughs> badass, yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yep. Three great <laughs> answers. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the most interesting questions we ask on the show, and it's amazing the different responses we get. We, we've we told a few people this, and you can listen to it online. We asked the founder of Metric who his favorite outlaw was, and it was Jesse James. So that was that was an interesting one, too. Well, I'd like to thank all of you, Chappie, Morgan, and Nicole, for being our guests today. It's been great. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. And thank, thank you very you. much. I know we'll be talking with you, you guys, all soon, and hopefully see you at one of the next one of the next times we're up in Massachusetts. And I'd like to thank all um, of our I've listeners. I've been waiting to give you a tour for about two years now. So yeah, no kidding. You're, past due. You're way <laughs> I, past due. At least I've gotten to try the product, but I, I do want to come down for a tour. I'd like to also thank all of our listeners for joining us. You can download past episodes of our program by going to outlawtechnology.net, cannabisradio.com or the Cannabis Radio app for iTunes and Google Play, as well as subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and be well.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.